today on Bridges. But thank you, Jesus, that you don't turn me away. Thank you that my failures don't define who I am in Christ. What the odds don't know is that our failures don't stop God from working when we will repent and turn back. Today on Bridges, we're going to talk about what the odds don't know. And uh, so glad that you could join us today. And I'm really glad that all of you could come out to WHTN today as well. And, you know, we live in a culture that really, in so many ways, kind of highlights or underscores or focuses and wants to make us think of ourselves really as victims, that we're really just products of our environment and that kind of whatever hand has been dealt to us that we have to just live with that and we can call some of that like the odds and we can say to people well the odds are against you and if you're born into this kind of a family or born into this the odds are against you and so i want to say this i don't think that any of us need to live in any kind of denial about the odds or about situations but i do think that what the odds don't know is that when we know christ as savior the odds don't matter and you all, this is a message that is a thought that can bring healing, can help bring unity to our lives, to our families, really even to this nation to understand. We may have been born with a, a set of limitations. There may be some challenges, but when we know Christ, none of those challenges have to define us. We can live the life fully that God designed for us and whoever he originally intended us to be. And his plans are always good. He's the potter and we're the clay. He's made no mistakes. And so as we talk about what the odds don't know today, we're going to first look at the woman at the well. And if you've read the Bible or been to church at all, you've probably heard about the woman at the well. And if we look at her odds, right, according to the world's perspective, because uh, the odds say that past performance is the greatest indicator of future behavior. And without Christ, that's right. Without Christ, we tend to just repeat what we know. So this woman, being a woman, first of all, in that day and age, you had some stuff against you. Being that kind of a woman, right? A woman that had been married several times and was living with a man that she wasn't married to at that man. That's another bad odd. That's another disadvantage. And then the word of God says that she's a Samaritan woman. So that was like another odd or another strike that's against her. So she's got these seriously bad odds. And in the human way of thinking, we would just hang out there. And probably up until the day that she meets Jesus at the well, that's probably what she thought. Like, the odds are against me. This is the hand I've been dealt. These are some of the choices that I've made. And I've made these choices because of the odds that were handed to me. And I'm doing the best I can. It's not good enough. But, hey, I'll just go to the well, you know, in the, not in the heat of the day. Or I'll go in the heat of the day so that I can hide in my shame. But what the odds don't know is that he, Jesus Christ, is greater than our past. Look with me at John 4, and I'll read verses 26 through 32 out of the New Living Translation. Then Jesus told her, and this is as he meets her at the well, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. 
They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. See that bad odd thing's coming up again. <laughs> but none of them had the nerve to ask. That's kind of funny. They did not have the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man that told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So, pe so the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have food that you know nothing about. So skip down to verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two more days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. So I want to say this. Here's this woman with all of the odds against her, even the choices and the decisions that she's made has relegated her to coming to the well in the heat of the day, looking for water. And you all, we all in this world, we all have the need for water. We have the need for food. And most of us are doing the best we can to make sure that those physical needs are met. And she's no different. But on this day, she encounters Jesus. And he reveals the truth to her that he is the Messiah. And obviously, none of us were there and present at this encounter, but it must have been some great conversational exchange. Because I'm going to tell you, if I met someone that told me everything I ever did, part of that conversation would be uncomfortable, right? But she was so excited about it that she went and told everybody in the town, probably some of the same people that she might have been married to, some of the same people that, you, you know, because the Bible tells us this was her lifestyle. But meeting Jesus overrode every bad odd in her life. And I say to you by faith that he is greater than our past. The odds that hold us back, and it may not be what this woman was facing. We may not have been in those kinds of situations, but we've all done things. We've all said things that we're not proud of. We've all, most of us, probably, even after being born again, have said and done a few things that we would prefer not to be put on the internet, right? We probably wouldn't post about that part on social media or on Facebook. We probably wouldn't tweet that. And so we can work to hide those things we can work to say, you know, these are the odds. And this is what so much of our world is doing today. The message is that if you've been born into a poor family, if you haven't had a great education, and you all, those are harsh realities. Those are, that is real. But more real than that is that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And that in him, that there is a hope and a future that far outweighs what the odds are. With Christ even being born into an impoverished family, even not having a great education, we can still be saved. We can still be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can still fulfill God's plan if we won't give in to anger and bitterness and become a victim. And so I share that with you today, that 
if those thoughts of being a victim, if the thoughts that the odds are so great against you that you can't succeed, please understand that when we know Christ, the odds don't matter. He's greater than the odds. He is greater than our past. His message from the beginning has been to seek and save the lost. His message from the beginning was that healthy people don't need a doctor. I don't go to the doctor when I'm healthy. Why would I pay a copay if everything is fine, right? I go when I'm sick, and I hope that the doctor can figure out what's wrong and prescribe something or send me to physical therapy if it's an injury, right? I go to the doctor when something is wrong. And most of us, if we look at our faith story, we came to Christ because we realized that something was wrong and that something is sin. We realized that, oh, I am a sinner and without Christ, I will stay a sinner. So we accept him as savior. We ask forgiveness for our sins and by his shed blood on the cross, he cleanses us and he gives us a new life and a new start. And when that new start happens, he is greater than our past and he is greater than the odds. We are no longer stuck in that place of shame and hurt and regret. And so again, I don't think that that means that we live in denial. I think the woman at the well knew her past after she came to Christ. What the difference was, she didn't dwell on that. She didn't define her life by her past. Her life was defined by Jesus. And therefore, even looking at her circumstances of the past no longer harmed her or caused her to be bitter. She wasn't even afraid to go out into the town because the good news of the gospel, Jesus Christ, is far greater than the hurt and the shame. And you all, this can bring healing to us. This can bring healing to our families. This can help us in our church congregations to not judge people, to realize we've all done something or many somethings. And when we come to Christ, there's a brand new start. And so we don't have to lie about the past. We don't have to pretend like it never happened. But my goodness, we don't have to live there. That's right. We don't have to be stuck there. We don't have to rehearse these problems and these things and glorify. Have you ever heard some people tell their faith story like this? I did blah, 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 and they spend 45 minutes on all the mess, all the sin. And then I met Jesus and everything was great. <laughs> Yeah, you know, guys, no. Spend two minutes on what was wrong and the other 43 minutes on how he made it right, on how he's teaching us, on how he's leading us, on how great he is and how we had the sting of sin and the scar of shame and how we had that past or we had this or that, but he set us free. And that we don't focus anymore on the addiction or the criminal background or the lying or the cheating or the stealing or the gossip and the pettiness and the worry, but that we focus on the Savior of our soul, that we look to his countenance, his radiant countenance, and that in Christ we are never disappointed and we are never put to shame. So what the odds don't know is that when you know Christ, the odds don't matter. This world standards have so many limitations and, and we ha may have things in our life that make us feel disqualified, that make us feel less likely to succeed. But take just a few moments today or maybe tonight and think about the odds. 
Think about your odds. Think about the things that you've allowed to cloud perhaps your thinking or your heart and how God has made all of the difference. I readily and admit and share to whoever asks, you know, that I was born in the inner city of Detroit. I lived in what would be considered the ghetto in a bad neighborhood during the height of racial tensions. You know, um, I don't dwell there, but I can say this, that having that circumstance has allowed me to be a more compassionate individual. It's allowed me to understand that there are lots of wonderful people who live in the ghetto. A lot of wonderful people who want to do better, may not, just not have a lot of opportunities or don't know how. And as a body of Christ, we can help as our help is wanted. Not everybody is lazy and doesn't want a job. If a person is homeless and they don't have an address or a phone number, they are unable to get employment. You all, there are situations where the odds are really bad, but even in those, when we know Christ, he makes all of the difference. So I would encourage you, look at your faith story. Look at what odds may have been against you. And look at how he's made the difference. And if there are areas that you haven't challenged that yet, receive that truth. You can say the odds don't matter because I know Christ. The odds may say that as a single mom or as a single parent that our children won't do as well in school. I say I reject, refuse, and renounce that in Jesus' name. That may be what the odds say, but with Jesus Christ's help, as a single mom, as a single dad, as a single parent, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It might not be as easy as a two-parent home. There might be some challenges financially, but I promise you God is not broke. I promise you that when God opens the door, no man can close it, and that when we work hard and when we are diligent with what we have, and when we say that I will not despise small beginnings, but I'll make the most of I can with what I have, he is going to help us. So he's greater than our past. He is also greater than injustice and scandal. And I can tell you that a lot of people on social media don't know this truth yet. They want to talk about all the scandals and all the injustice. And one of my favorite people in the Bible who isn't talked about a lot is Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. And I want to read this scripture to you about him in Matthew 1 and verses 19. I'll read it out of the New Living Translation. And when I read it, I just think what a man of character that this young man was. It says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, you all, we look at Joseph and Mary, you know, the earthly parents of Jesus, and we think, well, they're Joseph and Mary. Can you imagine being engaged to someone to be married to them? They're not just Bible characters in the Bible days. This is a real man who walked the face of the earth, who was engaged to be married to a woman. And he was engaged to be married to a woman that he was thinking was a virgin woman, and she was, as we know. But you know, when someone tells you that they're pregnant, okay, but they're still a virgin, would you not laugh, like in the natural? Like, there is just no way that that could be true. Can you imagine his hurt? 
his heartbreak, the shame, the suspicion, the betrayal. You know, in our day, at this point in time, someone becoming pregnant without being married is really just not that big of a deal. In fact, by many people, it's celebrated. It's a situation that they plan, that they, they embrace. And let me say this, all life is a blessing. All babies are a blessing. Life comes from God, however that situation comes about. But God does teach us that it's best when there's a married man and woman that are in covenant to raise the child. But Joseph has to be in quite a state. It doesn't talk to us about his parents, like what they might be thinking or feeling. I just, when I think about this story and I put it in human terms instead of just, you know, the Christmas story, had to be a lot. But the scripture says that he was a righteous man and that he didn't want to disgrace her publicly. What it says about the character of this man, that he did not want to shame her or scorn her or have her made fun of. Can you imagine the social media blitz today in today's time? Oh my goodness. It would be on national TV and the wrong and the who did this and the who did that. And well, it's not just the world that's doing that. It's Christians. A marriage doesn't go the way that we planned or prayed. And there's a custody battle and a problem of this and a problem of that. And everybody wants to tell everything. And you know, I understand that betrayal part and how that might be our knee-jerk reaction. But when we're really in Christ and devoted to him, there are other ways to handle that kind of betrayal. And I don't say this to condemn anybody or to shame anybody or to point anybody out, but to say, let's do this God's way. It's bad enough that injustice, it's bad enough that scandal has happened. Let's not make it worse by oversharing. If we need to get some Christian counseling, some pastoral counseling, tell a few trusted people to pray to help us give the next best steps about what to do given the situation, let's do that. But let's not invite the world and everybody on social media into our scandal. Let's not take what's already bad and heighten that up. See, the odds in this world say that nice guys finish last. And then if you take the high road, which is God's road as I'm talking about it, that you just finish last, that you're a loser. But the Bible says that those who are last will be first. God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so whatever he says needs to be our rule, our standard of living, and Christ is greater than the odds. When injustice and scandal, and I pray they never visit your life, but if they do, let's commit to integrity. Let's commit to handling that God's way. Let's commit to saying what the odds don't know is that when I know Christ, the odds don't matter, that he is my vindicator, 
that he is my refuge, he is my strength, he is my advocate, he is a very present help in our time of trouble. So even if it's a heated custody battle, even if it's a brutal divorce, even if there are things that just scare us out of our minds in the natural, let's commit to integrity. And when we do God, things God's way, we don't always get, I, I mean, I wish I could tell you it would be an immediate answer, right? An immediate, oh, this whole thing goes away. You know, if it worked that way, everybody would do it, wouldn't they? But even when we have to wait, he works in us, he works through us. Scripture says he makes all things beautiful in their time. Several times I've said to God, it's time now. <laughs> do you understand? Like, it is time now. Do you understand? This is late so far as I'm concerned. And he's just so lovely and so good and so patient with me. And I don't know how or why that he would put up with me and the things that I think and the things that I say, but he does. And sometimes patiently he leads me forward and every once in a while he has to get a little firm. And sometimes he gives me like the silent treatment so that like I'll lean in a little bit more and say, I'm looking for you, God. I know you're here. I know you want to help. But we can refuse gossip. We can refuse to retaliate. Even when people speak against us and it's false, the Lord will show us. He'll show us if we need to speak to that person one-on-one. -on -one. He'll also show us that sometimes we just shut our mouths. And sometimes the other person just talks themselves into a deep pit. And sometimes it takes a little time. But we've got time. It's God's world. <laughs> it's God's timetable. He defends us as we trust him and he is greater than injustice he is greater than scandal so if you're going through something that you consider to be scandalous and it's like just really completely totally unfair and the odds are completely and totally stacked against you in whatever you're going through trust him he is greater than the odds as we rest in Christ, the odds don't matter. He can open doors that people cannot open. He can give us favor where favor can't be. The Bible says that he holds even the king's heart in his hand, and he can turn it whichever way he could. I don't know any kings. Well, I know King Jesus, but I'm saying earthly kings. Like, I don't know any people in high places to go get favors from, but I know the one who holds the keys to life and death. I know the King of Kings, I know the Lord of Lords, and he has said that he's never going to leave me or forsake me. He said that he's no respecter of persons, so what he's done for me, he will, can, and will continue to do for you as we trust him. You all, in the middle of injustice and scandal, we show our faith to the Lord that we are not moved. You may cry a few tears, but we are not moved. We're not going to retaliate. He is also greater than our failures. You know, when Jesus went through his death on the cross, the burial, the resurrection, it really made some of this, the disciples falter. It made them doubt. And when I put myself in their position, I can completely understand. They thought, even though he told them, like, even though, just like even though he tells us he's going to be with us, we still doubt that once in a while, right? So they were thinking he was going to set up his kingdom on earth and all was going to be good, yay. And he told them, I'm going to die on a cross. 
I'm going to be resurrected. But they didn't quite understand, and we don't quite understand. But he's greater than our failures. Look with me at John 20 and verse 17 and 18. This is Jesus speaking to Mary. He says, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go and find my brothers. I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave him his message. You all, in their greatest moments of doubt and weakness, and what would be failure, when Mary Magdalene saw Jesus, and people talk about she was the first woman, you know, blessed to be able to share that message, and I agree wholeheartedly, but he said, go find, go find my brothers, my brothers, and tell them, tell them that you've seen me. He's greater than our failures. He met these men right in the middle of their deepest, darkest times. The odds at that point were against them. I mean, they had fallen away. They were doubting. They were hiding. They were scared. And yet Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, showed up and spoke through Mary Magdalene. He's greater than our failures. As a believer in Christ, I'm sorry to say that there are times that I have absolutely failed him. There are times that I would have, could have, and should have believed, but I fell short. Always, though, he's come for me. He's always come, and he's always stood by me, and he's always strengthened me and helped me to get up again in the middle of my ugly, ugly cry. You know how it is when you have an ugly cry. It's bad enough that you're crying, and then you go look in the mirror, and you cry again because it like, looks so bad. The odds say that our failures define us. The odds say that when we fail Christ, whether that's that we fully backslide or we make a horrible moral failure, that we are defined by that, and people will say, I don't know how you could be a Christian and do that. It's called sin. It's called a sin nature. And sometimes even when we know him, we fall short. I've made some pretty big, stupid, sinful choices as a believer. And yes, I have to repent. I have to confess. I have to do all of that. But thank you, Jesus, that you don't turn me away. Thank you that my failures don't define who I am in Christ. What the odds don't know is that our failures don't stop God from working when we will repent and turn back. So if you are in a sinful situation today, repent. That nudge that you feel in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. Repent, and he will restore you, and he will refresh you. Your failures do not have to define you when you know Christ. You call out, and he will answer. The world has a lot to say about our odds, and they've done a lot even in the church to divide people to talk about you're like this and you're like that. You all, he has grafted us into one body in Christ. We may have some differences. We may have had some different opportunities in our life. We are one in Christ. He has divided every bit of hostility. He has brought down those walls. We are one body in Christ Jesus. And what the odds don't know is that when we are in Jesus Christ, the odds do not matter. 
So go to him right now, wherever you are in your life. Tell him about your odds, tell him about your experiences, but invite him into your heart and ask him to give you the strength to walk again in newness of life with Christ. We're out of time, we've got to go, but we say goodbye and God bless you. You can purchase a copy of today's show for $15. Call us at 615-754-0039 or send a check to the address on your screen. Be sure to mention the program number. Prayer changes things. If you need prayer, write to the address on the screen. Call 615-754-0039 or email prayer at ctntv.org. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.